This is The Dog and Bone. Welcome to The Dog and Bone, a series of podcasts brought to you by Propeller Group. I'm Martin Lote, curator of The Dog and Bone. In each episode, you'll listen in to a conversation between two senior people at the sharp end of business change and transformation. With their permission, of course. Our two guests will chat and question each other as equals, exploring industry topics and stories from their careers. Hopefully, they'll dig up some tasty morsels for us to chew on. In this Dog and Bone special, recorded at the Cannes Lion Festival, we hear two technology and media specialists discuss the role of madmen, media men and maths men. Carl Eric Kjarksgaard is co-founder and chief executive of Blackwood 7, the Danish-based AI-driven media management platform. He's got some madmen in his blood, having run grey advertising in the Nordics before moving into the world of advertising software. For full disclosure, Blackwood 7 is a Propeller client. Nick Manning is well known to the UK media community as the co-founder of Manning Gottlieb OMD and latterly the chief strategy officer at Ebiquity. He joined MediaLink as a senior vice president in April this year. The pair discussed the importance of data aggregation, concerns around measurement and how businesses should make sales outcome their hard currency. We also hear about the future role of media agencies and where their competition is coming from, with an eye to the growth of digital e-commerce players getting into media sales. We join them as they explain why they're in Cannes. Well, uh, let's start with Cannes and I'll talk about MediaLink because yeah. MediaLink and Cannes are uh, very closely related to each other uh, in, in, in many ways. Uh, and part of the reason that we come to Cannes is to make sure that uh, we connect up people who want to talk to each other and everybody comes to Cannes for a week uh, and we you know we'd like to think of it as being the the mad men and the media men and the maths men all getting together now uh, and what we do is we sit at the middle of all of that uh, making sure that the, the, the right people meet the right people mm-hmm. so how about you Carl what's your uh, what's your mission uh, we are here because uh, the whole change of the media agency industry going into more technology, automation, data, and focus on data yeah. is so important. And uh, we uh, we see a lot of clients here, customers, as you say, in the new world. Uh, yeah, I prefer, I prefer clients, uh, but yeah. Uh, but it's when when you when you are in the uh, I do that as well myself. Now I get troubles troubles when I come home. But when you're selling software or you're in the software industry, you talk about customers. Yes. So, so I had to learn to shift from clients to mm-hmm. customers. So, but, um, but we have uh, a lot of, of customers here mm-hmm. who are interested in, uh, in discussing automation mm-hmm. and data mm-hmm. and how important data is uh, mm-hmm. for the way to, 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 to drive their businesses and, mm-hmm. and in marketing. And I think that marketing is, is maybe the area in companies where it, 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 you know, we have seen so many new technologies coming into HR, into supply chain, and you know, mm. all the other uh, mm. areas of running big companies. And marketing is actually lacking very mm. far behind. Yes. Uh, so there's a huge interest from, from big global brands and companies to know more about uh, yes. marketing automation. Yes, and I think that's right. And that's, that's one of the things that MediaLink does. And what's, I think, notable about the industry right now is that the advertisers mm-hmm. want to know more themselves about it. They no longer expect to have to rely upon agencies or other partners. They are very keen to speak directly to the providers of technology. Yeah. Uh, and that's part and parcel, I think, of the whole control agenda. Mm-hmm. They, they now want to own more of these uh, 
disciplines themselves. They, they still want to work with partners like agencies, but they also want to understand and own much more of, of the whole process. And that's one of the things that we help them do. And I think that's symptomatic of the industry as a whole, where brands are now saying, I know I have to control this you know, more than I ever did before. And I guess Blackwood 7 is part of that. You're, yeah. you're talking to agencies, but you're talking directly to the advertisers. The issue about taking the control back of your media investments is, is, a, is a huge thing when you are talking to big global brands today and also because procurement departments in the big, uh, the big companies are getting more and more involved. Mm. And in some companies you have actually seen that the, the old media agency industry has actually taken all the control of the media budgets. Mm. and clients want to get that back. They need platforms, they need technology. But most important is, uh, is, is the data mm. and, and, uh, and, and the ability to take huge amounts of data in and process data yes. and do that in real time. <clears throat> For one thing is doing all the algorithm AI play, which we are also doing in Blackwood 7, but actually getting the data into the to uh, uh, to the AI and and then because it is in the end the data that uh, makes the difference. Yeah. Someone told me a, a funny story the other day that the algorithms uh, that uh, IBM and Watson Watson mm. developed for playing chess against the world champion was actually invented 20 years ago, but mm. it was first now that they had all the data. So it was actually that algorithm yeah. was actually able to do this. Which is just another proof point that data is uh, is the number one and most important thing right now. Yes, it is. It starts with data, but of course, on top of data, you need to understand what the data is telling you, and that's where the human element comes in. Yeah. I think this is where we get to the crux of this, in a way, which is the marketing and advertising and media industry has been slow to embrace technology, but now it has to. It mm -hmm. has no choice, and therefore, mm -hmm. what we see in Cannes this week and we're seeing all year round is advertisers saying I need more data aggregation, more data and analytics so yes. that I can make sense of this torrent of, of, of stuff and I, I guess that's where you guys come in. Yes and, um, and there's also an, an, another part of that discussion and it is that, that uh, the media industry has followed for many years talked about audience and then you hope the audience will actually do something mm. and where uh, the data which is actually available now and the algos that uh, up here today, we can actually uh, model towards and predict the result on hard KPIs like sales or transactions. Yeah. And that's a paradigm shift from uh, talking about audience, and, and, and there's a lot of discussion here about audience, but basically what will happen is it will be leapfrogged, the audience discussion, and when clients actually can model and predict their sales from the media investment mm from the, the huge amount of data and the algorithms, uh, algorithms they get in, then it changes a lot of things for them. Yes, and I think there's been a, a lot in, uh, of talk about moving from audiences to outcomes. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. not sure, I'm never sure where outcomes is the right word, but everybody talks about it, yeah. so let's use it. Yeah. Um, and you go, well, it's been a long time of coming, uh, us talking about effectiveness, results, business performance. Yeah. Uh, in our industry as opposed to you know inputs like yeah. creativity which is very important of course but audiences um, and uh, you know 20 years ago uh, when we when I was we had our, our agency we hired our first ever head of effectiveness it was 1999 20 nearly 20 years ago yeah uh, we were talking about this 20 years ago and trying to shift the the, the narrative from 
inputs to out outputs yeah. outcomes even yeah. then. The dip, what's happened in between though, I guess, is that techniques like econometric modeling um, have developed and, and, and got better and bigger. Mm -hmm. um, attribution is mm -hmm. starting to come together now. I suppose what you're trying to do is you're trying to fuse all of that via AI into a more predictive model that says, okay, at, at, uh, offline, online, digital, non-digital, whatever you want to call it, you can say, if you spend this much money, you can get this kind of result. Does that apply to, do you take brand effects into account as well? Do you, or is it mostly performance driven? There's nothing wrong with what has been done so far because it's, a lot of things has not been possible before. Yes. When, when I started 35 years ago in this industry, making media plan was 50 decisions, five zero decisions. Today it's more than 5,000 decisions. And you have to, to, uh, to make your decisions much faster. So human brain can basically not cope with all this data. And now we have uh, technology and we have the data and therefore we can actually change that. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, two very important things from what we do in, in our platform. We, it is, we can predict and, um, uh, and, and, and giving the control back to the advertiser. That's the two most important things of the outcome to our uh, customers. Uh, we take uh, around 85 different data sources it's micro, uh, into our platform. It's uh, microeconomics, it's uh, of course media spend, it's sales and you know all kinds of, of data we bring into this uh, in, 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 into our algorithms. And if we have specific clients who have a special interest in fuel prices or in used car sales or something like that, then we of course will bring that into the uh, to uh, to the equation. Or if we work for telcos, uh, they they really like that we we can help them reduce churn, uh, which is a very important thing for for subscription businesses uh, to have that. So we bring all these kind of data into the platform, uh, and then we let the algorithms comes up with a with a hardcore result. And then coming back to what we talked about earlier, it's uh, with the audience. Uh, which is important, but not as important today, uh, because now we have the ability to uh, to optimize <coughs> towards um, hard KPIs. There was a, a global industry leader I, I met with a week ago in London, and and he said, "Well, that sounds very good, cut all that." What are you talking about? What is the most popular KPI you sell? <laughs> I said, "It's sales," <laughs> and he said. I understand that. So yeah. it's 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 all about sales, and that you can take all these data and bring them all the way into sales. Uh, that is, uh, it's the big change of this. A lot of consultancies are doing that today, but it's not. It's a static model. You can do one in October, and then you get the result of that model in in March, six months later. Mm. But what happened in between? You you are you are basically blind for that. And uh, because you have all the data in the platform, we, uh, we give uh, our clients, can, customers, they can actually see the result of what we do on a daily basis because the, we are online with all their sales data. Mm -hmm. So and we give a much, it's a, it's a more clear picture, you get the control uh, and it, it, in the end it's, it's much more efficient. You're listening to the Dog and Bone podcast from Propeller Group. If you're enjoying it, please share the link with your network. Subscribe on iTunes or your normal podcast provider. And if you're feeling really inspired, please write a review to help us zoom up the charts. Now, back to the conversation.
And do you take into account brand effects? So are you able to say, uh, this is how much money you should spend, this is what you should expect in terms of sales, Yes. Uh, taking into account the fact that for many brands, brand advertising is still a primary locomotive of sales. Sure. So uh, it's not just a, a digital attribution platform, it says, no, we understand the correlation between brand advertising and, and product sales, so you're able to model that too. Sure, and because it's so important, and and and, you know, and I, I'm an old ad man, so I yeah. I, I really love all creativity, and it's so important. So uh, some of the parameters are, of course, the reputation of a brand, and we we can you know we can buy data about uh, that from uh, different sources, and we do that. So of course, uh, the brand perception is a part of what happens. Okay. So, so I think going back to what I was saying earlier on about uh, mad men, media men and maths men mm -hmm. being what the modern industry wants, it's what clients want as well. They want great creative output, yes. they want very smart media yes. uh, across on a multi-platform basis and they want the best analytics money can buy. Yeah. So you're able to take into account uh, all of those things, so you can look at channel mix, you can look at past performance of creative. Can you actually put, can you ascribe a value to creativity? Is that something where you can say, you know, you ran this creative before and it did this, and now you're running this creative, so are you able to, to model that as well? What we do is that we, we have, clients can have, or customers, sorry, they can have uh, different kinds of, of uh, creative. It could be maybe just a product and a price, more promotion thing, or they can have something that is uh, building on their reputation and values. And there we build two different models. So if they're running a campaign, which is more an int campaign, mm -hmm. uh, it's one model we have set up. And if they're running uh, promotion spots, uh, it's another model. Uh, so in, in that way, we differentiate. But we don't do any AI to make analysis of of uh, what is better than than another creativity. We don't do that, and and maybe we'll do that down the road. But it's not the most important for us right now. We don't want to just we really don't want to destroy any creativity. We actually want to embrace and 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 uh, yeah. and there is creativity to our to our What what I like about what you're saying is that, and I've made this point uh, for a while now, is that people talk about the fact that there's there's a lack of measurement standards in the industry because mm -hmm. you can't you can't look at your Facebook results and your TV results and your search results and you, you can't you just there's no common currency for that. There never will be. No. So you might as well make. The common currency, uh, the business outcomes. You, it, the sales is the best currency there is, and if you can work back from sales to mm -hmm. the channels, then it makes everything else look really quite marginal. It doesn't matter if you can't measure it all in the middle. If you can say this happened to my sales because of what went in at the top, mm -hmm. then that's the currency that we should all be adopting, and it'll be a very snowy day in hell before there are any common currencies across all of these channels anyway. So we might as well just cut to the chase and look at sales yeah. and say, what's the mix that's going to drive my sales performance? And then you adjust the mix according to, the, uh, to, to what you want. You just rebalance everything and say, what, what happens when I do that? And I don't know why more clients don't do that. And, I, and I'm not, this is not an advert for Blackwood 7, um, kind of might come across as one. <laughs> But it's, it's kind of where you'd start anyway, isn't it? You sort of say, what commercial result do I want? Mm -hmm. And how do I get there? Mm -hmm. And then you, you, re, you, know, you look at all of the inputs in between and mm -hmm. say, well, 
that's all very well, but you know, if I change that, what effect does it have on my bottom line? And not just sales, but margin too. So mm. if you go after a more profitable segment, then you're going to get a better profit result. So I like what you're saying about that. I just think the industry doesn't seem to be particularly good at getting to that point. How are you uh, predicting the future with all the new players in, in the, in the uh, media market? We have the traditional agencies, we have the big data providers, we have the consultancies and we have the tech companies from, from California. How do you see that or are there even on top of that other new players coming into this? Mm. Well, I, I think the truth is that uh, clients have more choice than ever before about how they construct their marketing programs. And sometimes they'll need uh, somebody who specializes in uh, more CRM level inputs, uh, who are managing customer engagement uh, and, and those kind of areas. And that tends to be the, the strength of the uh, management consulting IT companies. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need, to, uh, obviously, a hugely creative input from people who can come up with the kind of magic that makes brands grow. Uh, and sales happen as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you also need people who are media experts who can mm -hmm. work with software platforms um, to decide what the best media mix is going to be, mm -hmm. but can also come up with original, original ideas about mm -hmm. how to make that work harder. So um, I think one of the things that's happening is that, um, uh, in, like you were saying, you know, we, we now realise we haven't had the systems that we needed in the past to make all of this happen. Uh, and the media agencies in particular have never really invested very much in, in software. I mean, they never have. Okay. Uh, and now they're starting to realize that that's uh, been, a, uh, if you like, an omission uh, mm -hmm. over time. And they're going to have to run to catch up uh, very, very fast indeed. And the role for the media agency is still there to make those connections with consumers, to help grow mm -hmm. brands, to come up with creative media ideas, mm -hmm. to use technology to identify the right way to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they need to compete for some of that space versus some of the newer players who are encroaching on their territory, so Accenture and Programmatic and so on. I, uh, I think it's a, there's a, it's, a, it's a cultural aspect to this as well, uh, because the, the, the old brands, uh, they have, and which are part of the existing ecosystem, they will be they will not be challenged for that. But what we see from the digital native born companies out of Silicon Valley ish, uh, they come with a totally different approach mm. to marketing and media planning. Yeah. So all this about that it should be hardcore uh, sales KPIs we are optimizing towards it's in their nature because they are only interested yeah. in wanting to grow and sell more, grow and sell more. Mm. Uh, and uh, and then when you start talking with the with the old brands, then you will see that some of them are actually able to change because they have people who are, have an appetite to try something new. And you also see um, uh, some of the, from the, the the old brands who are more locked in and more slow to mm. adapt into uh, to the new. Yeah. Uh, to the to the new world. Coming back to what you said, and I totally agree with everything about how the marketplace uh, is changing. Uh, I'm, I was surprised when I heard that some of the big e-tailers are actually moving into becoming media agencies as well. Uh, some of the big uh, media uh, e-tailers are handling their own media buying, mm. and then they know a lot about their. their the brands they're representing, so they go to the brands and say, well, we have our own media buyers, we know more about uh, your customers than you know, and your media agency do, so why don't you, why don't you use us as a media agency? And, yeah. uh, and so, 
what I'm trying to mm. say, you don't know how many new players are coming into this area. And I think we will see new players coming in from everywhere uh, into the marketplace. So where would the old industry end up if that was we should predict a little bit? Then when the media industry started, they were advisors as number one, and then they went out buying the inventory. Now they actually buy up inventory bulk in two, three hundred of million dollars mm. bought things and resell it mm. and then you can actually always ask the question how can you both be Buyer and owning yeah. owning media inventory as a uh, in wholesale and then at the same time advising uh, yeah. how you should spend your money so maybe the the uh, the advising of how you should spend your media will end up with the tech companies and with the management consultancy or data companies and media agencies, there will be, uh, there will be uh, commodity owners of media where you can go and then you can buy a TV from them and, and print from, from them. Hmm. I don't think that's where they want to go, uh, but unfortunately that's sort of where the process has taken them because of the commoditization of media, which is one of the problems. The media agencies need to move upstream, not downstream in my view. I mean, there's, there's probably, there are downstream options and there will be new downstream options, but if they, if they go down that route, then uh, the margins will erode even further and the, the value they add to clients will erode even further. Mm -hmm. So if they want to retain any kind of seat at the table, they have to move upstream yeah. and they'll never be able to compete against the access that Accenture and Deloitte Digital, for example, have at the, the C-suite. Yeah. Uh, but they, they can prove their worth in other ways and they, yeah. if they don't do that, then they will be forced down the, uh, the downstream route. Nick, uh, will you please give me uh, your most embarrassing moment and your most inspiring moment you have had in your career? I'll start with where something went wrong, and, and I think this has happened to quite a few of us in our in our industry. Is that wonderful moment uh, when you're doing a big big pitch for a client? Uh, you've prepared for weeks and weeks and weeks. You've spent a huge amount of money and time and trouble. You've dressed up the room beautifully. You know you're ready for them. Everybody's pumped up, ready to go. The coffee's brewing, everything else is great. You've baked the bread to make it feel warm and comfortable. And the client phones up and says, where are you? And you say, we're in our office waiting for you. And they say, uh, well, we're in our office waiting for you. And I think that's happened to me twice. Uh, and it, on neither occasion was it our fault. It was actually the client's fault. But it's kind of hard to tell them that after the event, isn't it? So uh, that's one of those kind of heart-stopping moments. Uh, I can add to that uh, with a very funny story when I was a young madman in late 80s uh, where our creative director, he, we, we pitched up to just before Christmas, so he thought it was a great idea to send them a Christmas tree mm. with real candles on. Ah. So we organized that there was a full um, um, a Christmas tree with candles on brought into the meeting room at the client and it was put on the table and someone uh, fired it up or <laughs> turned on the, the, the candles. But we, what we were not aware of was that there was this fire um. alarm system with the water system in the ceiling mm. and suddenly during the presentation the fire alarm broke and water just came down. Fantastic. Uh, we didn't get the client, but yeah. it was a good fun, and we we'll talk about that for me. <laughs> well, we, we, we didn't win the client either on the two occasions when we uh, didn't turn up to their offices, when we were expecting them to turn up to ours. So, yeah, okay. But going, going back to the inspirational thing, and this is going to sound uh, probably pretty, pretty cheesy, 
But there is the question about why do we all come to Cannes uh, pretty much year in, year out. But it is the only place in the world and the only time of the year when everybody comes together in the way that they do. And you see the industry in, in a different light. You, do, you don't get that perspective anywhere else. And one of the things that's happening at the moment uh, is, and this has been a theme for the two days, is uh, the advertising industry suddenly realising it's got a problem and trying to do something about it. Thanks for joining us on The Dog and Bone. As we leave Carl and Nick to carry on conversing, I urge you to give our other Dog and Bone podcasts a try. You can find them on iTunes, SoundCloud, Acast and other platforms. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to The Dog and Bone.